Begin the Kemada today and Avkuvav Amadalef right at the beginning of the Yamut. Taner Abanam, we learned Nabraise. Chalitze Mutas. A Chalitze that was done with a mistake. Kshaira will be kosher. Hezi Chalitze Mutas. So, what is a Chalitze done with a mistake? Amresh Lakish, Amresh Lakish says, Kal Shaim Rimloi, if you tell the Yavam Chalitz, do Chalitze for this woman. And by doing this chalitza, you're marrying her. So he misunderstands the entire ceremony. He thinks he's marrying her while he's really doing chalitza to be mad to her, to get married to someone else. That's a good chalitza. This is not the, not the correct pshat. I learned in Abraise, and we had this before, that Benshin is kaven who, if the man had concentrated on, the, on, on what he's doing, and he knew that it's a chalitza, when she removed this shoe, she had no idea what she's doing. Or if the reverse, Ben Shinaskavnahi, she knew what she's doing. who and he did not know what he's doing. The Khalitza is possible. They both have to know what they're doing, what the Khalitza is about. And Vihat Omrit, Khalitza and Yurish Lakish say that the Pshara and this Braisa, Khalitza Mutas, means that the man did not have any idea what he's doing. He thought he's marrying her and the Khalitza would be kosher. Hello, so therefore, uh, sorry, Rabbi Yechina, that it says, the Psharir is, If you tell the man, you see this guy doesn't want to do chalitza, so what do you do? You tell the man, do chalitza, allow her to do chalitza for you. And she's going to pay you 200 zuz with this condition. And then what happens? He, he comes and says, No, where's the money? I'm not giving you a penny. The, the whole night was a joke. The chalitza will take effect, even though he was. He was uh, fooled into this. He was, he was doing this with this mistake, thinking that he's going to get this money. So Rashi explains why the T'nai does not take effect. Every T'nai in the Torah is learned from Bnei God and Bnei Ruven, when Moshe Rabbeinu made a T'nai with the Bnei God and Bnei Ruven that didn't want to go into Eretz Yisrael. And one of the details you learn from there is, you could only make a T'nai when you're doing an action that takes effect off the Torah, if that action that's being done is a kind of action that could be done through a Shliach. Just like over there, Bnei God and Bnei Ruven, they were coming to Yarsh and Eretz Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't actually the one that brought them into Eretz Yisrael. He did it through a shliach. Who did it? Yeshua is the one that brought them into Eretz Yisrael. And with this, he made a condition that you can stay over here in Eved Yarden if you're going to go and fight with Yidin in Eretz Yisrael. So, so too, a condition that you make could only take effect if it's regarding something that can be done through a shliach. For example, a Kiddushin, a Gitin, a Kenyan, that you could appoint a shliach to do that for you. Chalitza, though, cannot be done with the shliach. The Yavam himself has to be present in order for the uh, Yavama to remove his shoe. So if it's something that can't be done through a shliach, a t'nai cannot take effect. So therefore, the whole, she doesn't have to fulfill what she said. The Gemara brings a b'raise where it says, This tanya nami hachi, chalitza mutas kshayra, chalitza, a mistaken chalitza is kosher, ezi chalitza mutas, and what is this mistaken chalitza? Kosha imrim, chalitza amenaz, shetitin loch, mesayim zuz, you tell the Yavam, that have a chalitza done with her, and she'll give you 200 zoz, and, and, and then she doesn't have to give it. There was an incident with a woman, that she fell in front of a yavam that was not appropriate for her to get married to, for whatever reason, the age or some, some other reason. So they said to the yavam, So have the chalitza done, and, and then she'll give you the 200 zoz. And then a bomb isolated Rabchia, and the story came in front of Rabchia. She wasn't going to pay him the two hundred zos, and Vechshira Rabchia said that it's kosher. You don't have to fulfill the condition. The whole condition doesn't take effect, Bachla.
There was a woman that came in front of Rabchia Barabe for in this situation that she uh, has, she needed a chalitza. Barabe tells her, "Why do chalitza? Biti, my daughter, Amaidi, get up." So according to the first pshat and Rashi, get up over here means go ahead and uh, let her go get married to him. Why chalitza? The main mitzvah is to do yibum. That's what he told her. Amralei. Ema, or actually the Girsa, according to Rashi, his Amrila Ima, her mother was there with her. So the mother says to Rabchi Barabe, Yeshivasa Zua Midasa. For her to sit down, meaning to refrain from doing Chalitza, that, that, that's for her the best idea. In other words, it's not, it's, that's for her standing up. It's, it's, in other words, the mother was saying, it's not a good idea for my daughter to marry this man. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a good Shidduch. Amalah, so Rabchi Barabbas says to the mother, You died, Clay? Do you know you know something about this Yavam? Is there a reason why he's saying this? That it's not a good idea that your daughter should marry this Yavam? Amralay, the mother said, In, yes, I, I do know something. This Yavam here sees that she has money, that this Yavama has money. She's going to get money from her husband that passed away. And then what happens? The Yavam inherits this when, when uh, she gets married to him. The Mino, And he wants to just marry her to eat up all her money. And then he's going to divorce her. So now Rabchir Barabba turns to the Yavam herself and says to her, You're not interested in getting married to him? So she says to him, No, I don't want to get married to her. So so now Rabbi Barabba knew that this guy is really interested in getting married or he's not going to be ready to do a chalitza. So he says to him, do a chalitza and when you have the chalitza done, this, this will be the marriage. You're marrying her. So now he went ahead and did the chalitza. After he did this chalitza with this mistake, thinking that he's marrying her, now Rabbi Barabba says to the man, Now from you he's already possible to get married to you. As we learned before, a pasal chalitza, even if it doesn't take effect to be matter to everyone else, but it passels her to get married to, the, to any of the brothers and, or to this man here. So now that she can't marry you anyways, chalitza. Now give her a chalitza, a chalitza ma'alyasa, a proper chalitza, so she can get married to anybody else. Another story that happened, Bas Chamua de Papa, the daughter of the father-in-law of Rav Papa, in other words, the, the sister-in-law of Rav Papa, she also fell for in front of someone a yavam shein hagan that was not not the right shidduch not appropriate for her to get married to. So what is she going to do? So she came in front of Abaye Amale. So Abaye tells this individual that was not interested in letting go of her. Do a chalitza for her. And with this, you'll be married to her. So Rav Papa was there. Amale Rav Papa. Rav Papa says to Abaye. Do you not agree to this that we learned before that Rabbi Yechanan said? What did Rabbi Yechanan say? Rabbi Yechanan said that if you do a chalitza and, you, and you, you fool the person, you tell him that you're marrying her, the chalitza doesn't take effect. So you're telling him to do this kind of chalitza, she's not going to become mutter to get married to anybody else. So Ve'ela, so Rav Papa says, Heichi, or, or Ve'ela, Heichi Eimelo, so the Abai that is asks Rav Papa. So what should, what should I tell this Yavam to do? Amalei, Rav Papa says, tell him, tell him as follows, Tell him to do the chalitza and that she's going to pay you 200 zos. Maybe then I'll want to do the chalitza. 
So that's what they did. And then Lobasar, the Chalet's law, so after the Chalitza was done, Omalah, so now Abaya says to this woman, Zil Havla. Zil Havla, that is, go, go pay him the 200 Zuz that you just said that you're going to pay. So Rav Papa again says, again, you have to understand what's going on over here. Abaya was the one that was really uh, feeding this whole Dintaira. They, they came to this Dintaira to Abaya. But it was Rav Papa's sister-in-law. Rav Papa sort of came as her lawyer and he's constantly telling the, the Rav, Abaya, what to do. And every step of the way, he's like sort of correcting Abaya, you're making a mistake. So again, so again over here, Rav Papa tells Abaya, why are you telling me that she has to pay the money that she said she would pay? <laughs> she can go and, and laugh at him and say, I was fooling you. I never meant to be, I was never serious about the fact that I'm going to pay you this money. So the Rishayim explained over here that the Gemara is adding an additional point to what it said before. Before the Gemara said that when you make this condition, the condition doesn't even take effect. But there's another thing. Even if the condition doesn't take effect, if you obligate yourself to pay somebody money, even without the condition paying effect, you should have to just pay that money that you obligated yourself. So over here, what, what Abaya was saying is, okay, the condition didn't take effect, but didn't you obligate yourself to pay this money? So on that, of Papa said, no, it's not even an obligation, Bukhlal. She, she can say, I was just fooling around with you when I said that I would give you this money. Where do you find such a concept? Milo Tanya, did we not learn in the Braise the following point? A person that was in prison, he was in danger in prison, and he's running away from prison, he's saving his life. And he comes to a river, and there's a ferry that's carrying people over the river. And he tells this person that that's, that's, has this ferry, tell dinner vahavireni. Here, I'll pay you a dinner and get me across the river. So then, what happens? And so the dinner that he offered to pay him was way above the price for this ferry. So then, when he brings him across the river, he can say to him, "I'm only paying you the regular price that there is for this ferry. I'm not giving you this expensive price I offered to give you." So Alma, what do we see from there? Omalei, that this guy could say to this person that brought him across. I was just fooling around with you. I never meant to pay you this high price. Now, what's the reason a person has the right to say such a thing? Usually when you obligate yourself to pay someone money, you do have to give it. So why over here does he not have to? Because in such a case, the person that brought him across on this ferry had the obligation to do it. Because here you're saving someone's life. He's running away from prison. So therefore, he had the obligation to bring him across. So even if I, I, I say I'm going to give you all this money, you don't have to do so. Because it was your obligation to bring me across. So Hachanami, here as well, she can say to him, listen, you're, you're not appropriate for me to get married to you, this is not a proper shidduch b'chlal, and therefore you had the mitzvah of chalitza, this was your mitzvah. The fact that I said I'm going to give you 200 zuz for this, I'm not obligated to do it. Adarab, it's your obligation to do this for me. So this is what, uh, what Rav Pape is explaining Abaya. Amalei, so after all of this, this whole kind of this whole thing that happened here, Abai was trying to be a rav to take care of this yibum or chalitza rather, and and Rav Papa is constantly correcting him. Amalei, so Abai says to Rav Papa, Avu where's your father? Amalei b'masa, my father's right here in the city. So he asks him, where's your mother? Amalei b'masa, my mother's also here in the city. So what what happened? What's happening over here is Abai grew up as a yasim. He didn't have a father or a mother that raised him. Rav Papa had a father and mother that raised him. So Abai is basically telling Rav Papa, oh, you have a father and mother that, that raised you well, and therefore you, you're able to learn Torah better than me, and you're able to correct everything that I'm doing. But Abaye felt uh, bad about what happened here. And then, so there was an Ayin Hara here. Yav be'ena u'shchiven. So because of this Ayin Hara of Abaye, 
Rav Papa's parents passed away after this. Very difficult to understand. But that's the conclusion of the story. A mistake in chalitza is kosher. Get muta, a mistake in get, puzzle, will be puzzle. Chalitza mu'usis, a chalitza that was done by force, psula, will be puzzle. Get mu'usa, a get that's done by force, kosher, will be kosher. So the Gemara will explain what this price is saying here. Now, hey, chidami, what are we talking about? When it says over here, a forced get and a forced chalitza. If the case is that the person is being forced, but he verbally is telling us, I, I consent, I agree to give this get or to do this chalitza. So then I feel, I feel a chalitza nami. So the chalitza should also take effect. Even though by chalitza, it has to be something that has to be with his will, where the person comes and says, we'll see soon the psukim that he says, that he's not interested, uh, he's, he's not going to do yibum and so on. But if he's saying reitzani, then it should be good enough. And if he's not verbalizing and saying the words reitzani, that I consent, that I'm interested in doing this, so get nami loy. By the get, the get shouldn't take effect as well. We know by a get, a forced get against the husband's will could take effect, but that's only if the husband says the words reitzani. But if he's not saying right, any, how would it take effect? So the Gemara explains, you're right, we have to understand this Braith as follows. This is what it says here. If a chalitza is done, a mistake in chalitza, the way we explained it before, that's always kosher. The get muta, a get that's done with a mistake in get with a tnai and you don't fulfill the tnai, that's always going to be possible. When you make a condition with a get, you better fulfill that condition. The condition takes effect. Otherwise, it's possible. Chalitza mu'usis v'get mu'usa. A chalitza that's done by force or a get that's done by force. So zimnin kosher v'zimnin posel. So both of them sometimes would be kosher and sometimes posel. What's the difference? Ha'da'oma reitzani. If the husband consents and says reitzani, so then it's kosher. And ha'da'oma reitzani. If he did not, after he was forced and he did not say reitzani, so then it'll be posel. Titania, as we learned in Abraisa regarding a carbon, the same thing. There the Titus says, you should bring the carbon, and it has to, the carbon has to be brought, <laughs> it has to be brought with his consent. So Melamed, what this teaches us is, that we force him to bring the carbon. Yakrev, Yakrev means that we, we bring him, that we force him to do this. But we would think this is even against his will, but the Pasuk says that he, that he has to agree. So, okay, sad, what does this mean? He's forced to bring the carbon, <coughs> and we force him until he himself says, "Right, Sani, I agree to bring." And the same is also with a get. We force the husband to give a get, until he will say, "Right, Sani," and then the get is kosher. So this is the famous Gemara and the Rambam that the Rebbe quoted thousands of times. What's Taka the reason? What's the significance of saying "Right, Sani"? If he's saying verbally reitzani, but he's being forced to say so, what, what kayak does the reitzani have? So the Rambam explains in the end of the second Perik of Hilchas Gerishin that that's the true will of the Yid. Even though he may think that his true will is not to give this get or not to bring the carbon, whatever the mitzvah is, but when he says reitzani, that is really an expression of his true desire. No, so if so, the question is, on the other hand, so why does he have to say the words reitzani? If that's anyways his true desire, so who cares if he says it or not? The answer is, but nevertheless, that true desire that he has has to come out and be expressed. It has to be begilly. It's, and it's in, it's in his heart. But he has to say it and verbally express the true desire that he has in his heart. Even if they don't know who the Yavam and the Yavama are, 
It could be some random person that's coming and, and doing this chalitza, and it's not really the, the, the Yavam. We don't make an investigation to find out who it is. Similar, Mimanin, when it comes to Mion, which is a, a, a Ketana, right, that she could reject the whole marriage. So we do, we, uh, we do this Mion, where she comes and rejects the marriage, even, even if we don't know who they are. So Lefichach, because the Bezden that does this Chalitza or the Mion does not make this investigation, so En Kaisven Get Chalitza, we don't write a Get Chalitza. After you do a Chalitza, you write a Get. So this woman should have a proof, a document that the Chalitza was done. We don't write this Get Chalitza, Elam Kain unless we actually do recognize and know who they are. And Ve'en Kaisven Get Mion, Elam Kain Makirin, unless we know who they are. The Chashin Ele Bezden time, because we're afraid another Bezden may come along and use this Get or, the, or this meon to see that, that, that they were actually, the chalitza was done right, and the first bezin never made a proper investigation. So maybe Taka wasn't the right yavam, and maybe it was some random person that wants to marry her, and makes believe as if he's the yavam, and makes his chalitza with her. So therefore, by a second bezin that's not going to make a proper investigation when she wants to get remarried to someone else, so therefore, the first bezin could do this chalitza without making an investigation, but they're not going to document it. But Rav himself says, Bezin will not administer a chalitza or make it, have the woman do the chalitza unless they know who they are. Or a mion as well, unless they know who they are. So since this Bezin already makes the investigation, so Bezin will write a get chalitza, even if they don't know who she is. The Kaisen get mion, Alpha Pisha Makirin, the Loy Hashinon, Le Bezden Tain. And we're not afraid for a Bezden Tain because the proper investigation will be made over here. So, Tehelige Mishnah, the last Mishnah of this Padic. Finally, it's very interesting to say that of the Mishnah is here. The, the, the Mishnah, at the last Mishnah, after all the details, finally just comes and tells us the simple basic order of how Chalitza is done. Mitzvah's chalitza. The mitzvah of chalitza is done as follows: Bahu So the yavam and the yavam come together. The They come to the bezdin. So first of all, the bezdin takes a look to see who the man and the woman are, and they give the proper advice whether they should do yibum or chalitza. Shanema, as we can see, the pasuk says, and They speak to him. What are they speaking to him? They're speaking to him to tell him what he, what he should do. Should he do yibum or chalitza? And then after, if they decide to do chalitza, she comes and says the following pasik. This Yavam does not want to make a name for his brother that passed away. He does not want to be meyavmi. That's what he says. That, that's what she says, that is. And then he says, I do not desire to marry her. They had to say this in Lashna Kaidish. Kemar and Saita learns out from the Psukim that has to be done in Lashon HaKadosh. And then, the Yavama comes in front of the eyes of the elders, in front of the Bezdin, and she removes his shoe, from his foot. And the Yarka Bafanov, she spits in front of him, Raik Hanira Ladayanim. It has to be, she has to spit enough that the Dayanim could see. And then she comes and says, this is what's done to a person that doesn't build his brother's house. Until here, the Bezdin would say the Psukim, they would, they would read the Psukim to help her say what she has to say and help him say what he has to say. Until here. 
<coughs> but, okay, Shehikre Rab Horkenis, Rab Horkenis, when he would read the Psukim for them, what they have to say, Tachas Allah Bekfar Etam. So he uh, made this Chalitza under this tree in, in this town of Etam. So he actually concluded the Pasik, the rest of the Pasik that it says there in the Parsha, after she says, uh, So after that, the Pasik says, That's the next Pasik. So he would have a read the whole conclusion of the, of the Parsha. So this became the, the Minig that when she says, the, the Psukim, so she, she finishes off saying the whole parsha. Now, mitzvah bidayonim. This pasik, the mitzvah is that the dayonim should say this. That the, 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 the dayonim announced this, that everybody should know that the, the chalitza was done. The Talmidim, meaning all other people that are present there, that are just watching sort of as students to see what's going on, they don't have to announce this. They don't have to say chalutz chalitzanal. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Mitzvah al-kal sham loymar. The mitzvah is for all others present that are standing there, that they should also say, Chalitzanal, that the chalitza was done, that the shoe was removed, and the chalitza is done. Everyone else announces it as well. Omer Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, Mitzvah's chalitza, the mitzvah of chalitza is done as follows. The order is, Kaira, first she says, the psukim, she says, Me'en yivami lahakim, that he doesn't want to do yibum. And then Vikaira, then he says, I don't want to marry her. And then Vikhailatsas, and then she removes the shoe, Viraikika, and she spits, and then Vikaira, and then she again says, the last Pasik again, that Kachayasalish. That's the order. <coughs> says the Gemara, Maika Mashmala, what's the Khidish that Ravihuda just said? Masnisani, the order that we just said there, that, that's exactly what it said in the Mishnah. And says the Gemara, Hakamashmala. His Khidish was that mitzvah hachi. The mitzvah is to do it in this order. But vi apich. If the order was changed in any way, less lumba. Doesn't matter. The chalitza is still done. Tanya Namiyachi, we learned so on a braise, bein shehiktim chalitza l'rekike. If you change the order, and first she spit, and then she removed the shoe. Again, first she removed the shoe, and then she spit. This is actually the right order. Or bein shehiktim rekike l'chalitza. Or first she spit, and then she removed the shoe, which is the wrong order. Masha'asayasi. What's done is done. The order is not makif. Amr Abaye, Abaye said another halacha here. Ha'iman the makri get chalitza. So the person, the person from the Bezdin that reads the pasuk for her to tell her which pasuk she has to say. You should be careful when he reads to her the psukim. So what is he reading? He's reading the pasuk where it says me'ain yevami lahakim lachiv shem biyisrael, and then the pasuk concludes le'ava yavmi. So don't read the word loy. And then make a break and then say, Avayavmi. Why not? Because the mashma, because then it would sound like that what you're saying is, Avayavmi. That she's saying, I, I do, wanna, I do <laughs> want uh, this Yibum. Right? If you make a break between the Loi and the Avayavmi, that's what it sounds like. Eloi has to read it without any interruption. Loi Avayavmi has to read it together that there should be no break whatsoever, yeah. that it should be clear that she, what she's saying is that she doesn't want the Yibum. And similar regarding the man. And the, and the person of the Bezdin that's reading for the man, what he has to say, so he should not say the word and then make an interruption, and then say the word after a break. The mashma, because then it would sound like he's saying I do want to marry her without the loy. Eloi has to read it together. I do not want to marry her. So it should be clear that the loy goes together with 
Rava says, no. Rava Omar, Afsuki Milsihi, even if you read Loi and then there's a short break and then you say Chafatzti or you say Loi and then Ava Yavmi, it doesn't matter. It's, you're, just, you're just making a very short break. Vafsuki Taking the short break doesn't matter. Many times when a person speaks, you take a pause between one word and another. So just because you made a pause, it, 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 it doesn't change the meaning of what's being said. So Ravashi, so the Gemara says a story here that happened. Ravashi Ashkechele Rav Kahana. Ravashi saw Rav Kahana that was doing a chalitza. The Kometztaye Omikri Le'ove Yavmi. He was making a very big effort and it was coming, it was hard for him. He was trying to read it for the Yuvama that she should say Le'ove Yavmi, that she should say it together. So she was trying to do it like Le'ove Yavmi, like very quickly together without any break. And he was sort of having a hard time with this. Amalei, so Ravashi says to Rav Kahana, why are you, why are you bothering? Do you not hold what Rav said? Rav said, even if there's a pause, it doesn't matter. Amalei, so Rav Kahana answered, Rav is regarding that over here you do have to be careful not to make a pause. Only regarding did Rav say you don't have to make a pause, but not regarding so Rashi says the reason is because by Lechafatzti Lekachta, when you say those words, there's nothing before Lechafatzti. You begin with Loi. Lechafatzti Lekachta. So even if you make a pause, it's obvious that the Loi goes together with the Chafatzti. But when it comes to the Loi Yavmi, that's not the beginning of the sentence. You're saying a whole part of the Pasik before. Me'ain Yavami Lahakim Lahachiv Shem Bi Yisrael. And then you say Loi Yavmi. So if you make a pause, it could look like that the Loi is connected to the beginning of the sentence. So over here, even Rava will agree that you have to say it without a pause. Amar Abaye, Haiman the cost of Gitte the Chalitza. When you write that get of the Chalitza to give her that document that she could prove that she had a Chalitza, so Lichtev Hachi, you write inside it as follows: Akrinua Lidida. So we read for her min Me'en Yevami from Me'en Yevami ad Ova Yavmi until the end. She so she said what she had to say. And vakrinu lididei, and we read for him min loy ad lakachta from loy loy until lechafatzi lakachta. So he said what he has to say. Vakrinu alidida, and we also read for her min kachav at chalitz anal what she says after the chalitz is done. So you write that into the chalitz that all of this was done properly. Marzutre misartit vekasev lekula parsha. Marzutre he would write in all the psukim of the parsha that we just mentioned and he would write it on a parchment like it's written on a sefer and he would write it with the sirtut which is the the lines that you make that's that's made on a sefer that's like uh, ingrained in the in the parchment so he would write it mamish like a piece of a sefer so Marbiridi asked on, on this that Marzutre would do the Gemara tells us this is a Gemara in Gitten as she brings there the Gemara there says that if you're giving a child a piece of parchment, and you write in it a few parshas of a sefer Torah. You're not allowed to do that. When you write a sefer Torah, you have to write the whole sefer Torah. You can't give a child to learn and write on him a, a, a few psukim or a parsha that's written like a parchment from a sefer Torah for a child to use. So over here as well, how could you write this parchment and give it to this woman when you have these psukim written, written in it? But the Gemara says this is not a question. The halacha still remains like Marzutra, that you write it like it's written in the Sefer Torah and you give it to her. So Rashi explains the difference is when you're writing it for a child to learn, you're writing it for him like to give him a piece of a Sefer Torah. That you don't do. You don't give a child a piece of a Sefer Torah, one parsha. You write a full Sefer Torah. You're not allowed to write a piece of a Sefer Torah. Here though, it's not being written as a piece of a Sefer Torah. 
to give it the kedush of a sefer Torah. You're just giving it to her as a proof that that everything was done right, and therefore it's allowed to be written, even the psukim, the way it's written on a sefer Torah. What happens if she spits in front of him? But the the wind came and picked up the spit, and it didn't land in front of him. So the asavaleklum. So what's done is not there's nothing because it has to come in front of the yavam. <laughs> My time, the spit has to be in front of the Yavam. So, Hilkoch, so therefore, even if a wind comes, it'll actually depend who's taller and who's shorter. Who Aruch, if the, the Yavam, the man, is, is tall, and she's short, so then, even if the wind comes and takes away the spit that she spat in front of him, so it could be fun of. But, but when it came out of her mouth, because she's shorter and she's standing right in front of him, so as soon as it came out of her mouth, it's in front of him. But he aruchov who guts. But if he sh- if 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 she's taller and he's shorter, so then when the spit comes out of her mouth, it's still not in front of him because he's shorter. It has to go down. It has to land in front of him. So being in the the spit has to come down. Be at least in front of his face. So therefore, if the wind blew it away before it came down, so and, and so then it won't be good. That is. So only if the if the, if it came down in front of his face and then the wind blew it away, then it would be kasha. Another thing about the spitting, Rava said, Achla Tumav, she ate garlic, Viroksa, and then she spit. Or Achla Gargishta, she ate Gargishta, some kind of, uh, some kind of clay that they used to chew on in those days. Viroksa, and then she spit. It also did not, it's, it doesn't accomplish anything. Why not? These are things that, that bring that, the, the saliva in a person's mouth is caused by the garlic that she eats or the other things that she ate. So my time, but the reason is Viyarka. She has to be the one that spits on her own. Me'atzma from herself. Be'ino. That's what we have to have. Veleke. And we don't have that here because it's the garlic that causes this saliva in her mouth to be there. Vamarave Rav says, Sriche dayani lemechzeruka. The dayanim have to see the spit that comes out of her mouth. Kinofik mipuma diyavama. When it comes out of her mouth. Dechsev, as the Pasik says, Le'ene azekeinim viyarka. And they're all in front of the eyes of the zekeinim. Then the Pasik says, Viyarka, she spits. Then the, the Mishnah said, So the Mishnah in the first opinion said that who announces this? The Bezdin announces Chalutzanal, but the Talmidim, others that are present there, <coughs> do not announce this. Tanya and Abraisi we learned, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, We were sitting in front of Rabbi Tarfin, and the Yevama came to do Chalitza. Vamalanu and he came to us. Vamalanu, that is, Rabbi Tarfin told us, Anu Kulchem, everybody should answer and say, Chaloitzanal, Chaloitzanal, Chaloitzanal. Three times all people present should announce and declare Chaloitzanal. Hadran, Aloch, Mitzvah Siyavamer, the conclusion of the 12th Pedic of Mesechte Siyavamer. It's an interesting thing you constantly see in this Mesechte that Talmudim would sit in front of the Rosh Hashiva and learn. It was a hands-on learning. And then this Yivama walks in, and right in front of everybody, they would do the, the Yibum, the Chalitza, or whatever it is. It's like, you know, everybody involved. It's a, you should have this today, where, where you have a Bezdin in the Yeshiva, and as you're learning, you could have the uh, Chalitza being done, so you could see how to do, how to do it.